Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Gear episode 53. 53, wow, that's uh, feels like a lot. And uh, before we get started, as always, I want to thank the friends who make this happen. You guys know who they are. We have Bradulus, Jeff Howes. Jeff, your shirt's shipping out today. Just thought you'd like to know that. Michael Newman, Bruce Garris, G Hannah Gunson. Check out his channel, by the way. Uh, John Jex, Michael Shy, thank you for your service, Michael. Justin Maybe, thank you for your service. David Madison, uh, Lawrence Petros, thank you for joining me for lunch today, by the way. Um, and by the way, if there are any of you guys have served, um, let me know, and I'd, I'd like to do that shout-out too. And, of course, the second crew, which is Bob Pickwood, Tim, Tim, we all know Tim because he's just Tim, John, uh, leave it, uh, Space Jazz, uh, Alvaro and Luis from Pedal Pal Effects, Ricky Robinson, James Biles, Chuck Keen, Chris Glaze, Dylan87. Uh, you're about to do the shirt, uh, I think, any moment now. Dylan, you're right on it. Uh, Jonathan Pickering, um, Joe Watson, Brent O'Dell, Russ from Taurus Pedals. Everybody remembers Russ because he's one of the first pedals I ever reviewed. And uh, Michael Lindner, Lindner uh, thank you again, everyone. And everyone else on the other, uh, you know, that's helped uh, keep this going. I appreciate you guys so much. And... Uh, Hey, how are we doing? Let's uh, let me chime into you guys. Let's see. Um, how's everyone's Friday? I'm almost alive at lunch today. I was able to get through lunch uh, without blowing my nose more than maybe a couple of times. Uh, so I was told this is a pretty bad flu. It's been hanging on for a week after I've had it. So, um, but it, it'll be be fine. All right. Uh, Let's start with Matt. Matt says, hey, Phil, how you doing? Currently playing a Blues Junior and would love to get a Marshall. What Marshall combo would you recommend? Um, and uh, around the same price as the Blues Junior. Well, you know, to be honest with you, uh, I, I think for the same price as the Blues Junior, it, it, the Blues Junior being, what, $599, $600 bucks if you're in the U.S., uh, for $600, I, I like the new DSL amps. There's a DSL 40, I think that's in that price range, right? Or DSL 20 in that price range. And don't forget used, man. Never forget the used product out there. There are old Marshall JCM 900s and uh, combos and uh, JCM 800 combos. Those are fetched closer to 1000 but some of those old JCM 2 uh, combos, if they're in good shape, uh, could fit around the Blues Junior. So, but also don't forget, you know, if you're, if you're just trying to get a Marshall tone and it's not, you know, what I call a side salad, in other words, it's not going to be the thing you want all the time, just something you want on the side. Don't forget pedals. Um, a pedal I'm, I'm in the middle of reviewing right now, which is the pedal pal, uh, JCM gold man will get you there. No, no doubt about that. So, so something to think about there too, as well. Um, and also a little other pricier range, but the Runt series by Friedman get you there too. All right, uh, and uh, Carmen uh, wants to say, hey, Phil, uh, the Ibanez AZ Strat style guitar, is is it great? Question mark. I pre-ordered one. I'm a Strat guy, and I'm really excited. What do you think about them? I played them I played them at GitCon. I played uh, Martin, uh, no, Martin Miller's uh, personal one at GitCon, and I don't know if it was by accident or not, but I, they told me I wasn't allowed to show it at GitCon, and I think it was because I... I, I played it like the first day of GitCon, and then later I think Henning did a video on it. Anyway, either way, uh, I, I couldn't show it because I either wasn't allowed to or I misunderstood I wasn't allowed to at the time. So I played it then. I played them at the NAMM show. I, played, I actually sat there in between Martin and uh, and Tom Quell and gave them uh, grief each saying, you know, I think I like this one better. I think I like it. And I ended up telling uh, Tom, I, lo I love Tom's, but I like Martin's better because it had the dual humbuckers. Um, 
but both are really nice. They are great. They definitely have that high-end Ibanez, high-end Sir kind of feel. I mean, there's, you know, there, there's a reason why they're priced. Me, am I thinking about getting one? I, I'm actually thinking about the premium one just for the price point. You know, it's a pricey guitar. Uh, and got, you know, and if you're out there getting one, man, I, like I said, it's definitely good enough. Um, it, it's done exactly what they hoped it did. It's, it became a contender for Sir in every way, definitely in the quality range. So there you go. I'm going to take a little drink right here. Tyler wants to know what's your opinion on the new Charvel satchel signature dinky. Uh, I tried it at the show. Um, there's two. Is there two? Is there an expensive one and an inexpensive one? I'm not sure which one I tried. The one I tried was satin finished and it was really cool. So I thought it was uh, $800 or $1,000, but it was nice. I really liked it. I actually kind of dug it with satin too. It had a cool vibe to it, not being a glossy finish. Uh, Slacker uh, did a super chat. Uh, uh, hey, Phil, have a Tweaker 15 and a Blackstar 5 3, uh, Fly 3, which is a little battery powered amp. What amp would you recommend that's somewhere in between? Um, well, obviously the Fly 3 is your, you know, take it anywhere, kind of little battery powered amp. Something in between the Tweaker 15, man, it's going to sound horrible. I'm going to say the Katana, right? Something that's not a tube and it's not like a little power, you know, power like little Fly 3. Something like that might be fun in between them. Um, other than that, because I'm thinking you're talking about price point, right? The Tweaker is about $400. The Fly is about $60. Uh, based on size and money, I'm going to say the Katana is a good contender between them two. Something in the $300 range. So... All right, uh, next question. Oh, Erskill says, hey, Phil, did you hear about the new Squire actives with EMGs and Floyd? I didn't. You know, so Squire used to do that back in the day. Does anyone remember that? Like in the early 2000s, late 90s, that's when Squire was making, remember, some seven-string guitars, and they were doing some kind of tricked-out, uh, you know, metal-type guitars. So I think that's a great idea. I mean, obviously, they have a Squire, I think, with EMGs is the... Uh, um, the Jim Root, I think, has a Squire with EMGs, something like that. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Um, so, yeah, I think it's cool. Why not? The Squire is, so you know, the largest guitar company in the world by volume of units. They're larger in units than than Fender. I know it is Fender, but you understand what I'm saying, right? So makes sense that they should expand that line and do more interesting things with it. Um, Phil J says, hey, Phil, in your opinion, how does the Supro amp compare to the Fender 68? I'm interested in a Supro amp, but I have no place near. I have no place near one to try one. You know, it's interesting. I I have the Supro. Um, sorry, I have to look underneath my desk. It's literally underneath my desk right now. Underneath me, I was plugged into it earlier. I have the Supro Trimverb. Uh, I always forget the name of it. It's a Trimverb. It's a 110. Uh, I think it's like 15 watts, 12 watts, something like that. And um, I prefer my Princeton 68 to it. I do. Um, but the Supro has a sound, you know, one of the things is Supro does clean like Fender really nice and it's a little more mid rangey, So it's got a little bit thicker notes, but doesn't have the quite the chime the Fender does. Um, I really like it. A lot of people ask me if I do a review, I've been thinking about doing a, a comparison of the, the Trimverb versus the Princeton. And I have the Saturn and compare that against maybe the Deluxe Reverb, something like that. Maybe that'd be a good idea to do those. The problem is it, it, I need to do a video. The problem is it's a hard video. It's hard to A-B clean sounding amps because it's really not a whole lot, you know, to show. Um, 
Mark says, hey, how many, show of hands, how many of you had a Squire as your first guitar, at least early on? Uh, man, I mentioned most people. Um, or there's going to, are you going to fit, if you didn't have a Squire or an Epiphone as your first guitar, you're probably like me, you had a knockoff. I had a knockoff. Mine was a JB player. It was like a fake Fender, which is really like a fake Squire. Um, uh, satire, say, tear, tire, Dre. I know I've said this, try to say his name before. Hey, Phil, what's your favorite neck pickup that gives you the bubbly round sound leads? Right now, my favorite neck pickup is the uh, Shaw Bucker that's in my copper strap behind me uh, right there. Uh, that's one of my favorite neck pickups for sure. Um, so I'm going to stick with that. Really, really, really like it. Okay. Uh, uh, Andrew wants to know, hey, Phil, what's your opinion on the Ibanez TSA Tube Screamer amps? Uh, I've liked them. You know, I know a lot of people who like them, though. Uh, my problem is I've had so many, I have so many amps and I had so many amps at, at the time that are like them. I just never felt the need to buy one. Um, but price wise, I think they're cool. And I've always thought they sounded good. And I haven't heard any complaints about them, you know, liability issues, you know, like breaking down or anything. So, uh, if anyone's got any reliability issues, let me know. Okay. So here's a good question. Uh, 25 uh 225 trim man says the new marshall dsl one watt head is only 16 ohm can i use it in an 8 ohm 412 cabinet uh you know it's funny is um i have a dsl one coming i told everybody i think a week ago is i ordered the dsl 20 i called and changed my mind i went with the dsl one so uh the answer to your question i had the dsl one when it was made in england originally and the same thing and i had the same question and so i asked someone an, a tube expert and they told me that it would be fine to run it into eight ohms so, uh, and they explain the logic why. Now, I don't know specifically for this head, so I would consult the manual, but um, I was told on that version it can. What I can tell you is this. In a few days, I will have my DSL-1, and I will review it. And when I review it, that, will some, that is something I will definitely talk about in that video, and I will get a, a definitive answer. Um, and because I'm trying to do it off memory, I'm... Uh, when when he told me why why there was a reason why i could do it so uh brian wants to know when i'm placing the vader on order um you know i um i'm gonna do it i like i said i, I keep telling you guys i go online and i i'm trying to buy the vader at a reasonable price and every time i try to find the version i like when i'm ordering up the parts uh, you know and clicking the stuff the price gets a little pricey for me. Um, somebody actually emailed me. I didn't get to read your email today, but somebody said, hey, why aren't you looking at a used Vader? I have been, and they've been pretty pricey. So I was really shocked. Usually the Kiesel you know, resale value is not that great, but man, the Vaders seem to be pricey. But I don't know because I'm not looking at when I'm used uh, comparatively option-wise. I just When I look at them used, they're like $1,500 and up, and I feel like I can order one at $1,500. I'm just sure those are probably more decked out. Um, do I still have the PRS five, uh, SE four nine or five ninety four? And if so, did I put nine gauge strings on it? Uh, that was when Anderson, uh, when I still do have it, it's in, it's downstairs. It's in a case and I know I never put the nines on it. Maybe I should, you know, um, I play, I pull it out and I play it and I put it back. And I think I've said this before. I got that guitar is kind of a, 
an investment idea. I don't know. I wanted it and I bought it. Um, it's a really expensive guitar. It's one of the most expensive guitars I own. And um, I really like it. And I don't play it a lot. And it's mostly because I just it's a thick neck. But I, I do like it. Um, but I should put nines on it. I'll probably play it more if I do. I just, to be honest with you, I've been busy. The flu really coming right after Nam and coming into the flu is really not uh, a good thing because, you know, you come back with Nam with so much to do and having a flu for a week really just killed it. Especially the way I got the flu. I came back from the Nam and I, the first week I was fine, but nobody wanted to do any work because they were getting back from Nam. So it was the second week I had the flu. Uh, Lonnie did a super chat and he says, is it worth spending $300 on modify my first uh, gen blues junior uh, bill M mods or using the $300 to spend on another fender a bit louder and more featured? Um, you know, if you want my opinion, I, I wouldn't mod the blues junior too much. Uh, the reason is, is in my experience with the blues junior changing the speaker makes a dramatic difference, changing out some capacitors, changing out some parts, you know, switching the tubes. I think you get a difference, but I think you're on the right road. You're going to put $300 into an amp and the blues junior sales used for about 350. They're like six new 350. If you're lucky 400, you're never going to get that money back. And you don't know if you're going to love it. Uh, if you do that now, there one caveat I will give you is this always when people talk about modding. If you love your Blues Junior, I mean, you love that amp so much, you can't believe there's not a better amp out there. And you think this is just going to make you love it just a little bit more. Well, maybe, maybe go for it. But otherwise, if you're trying to make it slightly better than it is because you think, okay, if it's better, I'll love it even more. Uh, I think you'll always be disappointed with that. So uh, maybe put the money towards something else. And, uh, you know, and I, I'm telling you from experience, I've owned like four Blues Juniors. I love that amp. I keep coming back to it. Um, you know, it's sick. Uh, sick him. He says, put the blues junior in a bigger mojo new cabinet. Uh, that is a great example too. I have seen that and it makes a huge difference. Um, you know, also if you want to make the blues junior sound bigger, one of the other things you do is just output the, the power section of that into a bigger 112 cabinet. I've gotten great results that, but yeah, the mojo tones uh, cabinet. And if you keep the original cabinet, it's something you can retrofit back. Like, as you know, I'm really into putting things back. They were in case you sell them. So uh, Scott Ever says, Phil, I'm thinking about the Orange Rocker 15. So was I. I was literally looking at one two nights ago. So I'm going to answer the rest of the question. Is it a waste of money to use it for low power bedroom mode for the first time? You know, I don't know. That's why I was looking at it. I was thinking about how many times we've talked on the live show about the fact that it says, hey, you don't have an orange amp. And I was thinking about getting a micro terror. I talked about that. So I was looking at the Rocker 15. I really like the way it looks. Um, I watched a ton of reviews on it. And um, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, it, I think in seven watt mode, you'll get low volume out of it uh, for the for the bedroom for the most part. So uh, and I thought it was realistic. I think it's what, 650? Does that sound right? 699, something like that. So uh, so you're thinking about an orange, Scott. I'm thinking about an orange uh, rocker 15 as well. So let's see. Uh, the Scott, uh, that Scottish dude says, what do you think of the new gem juniors? Uh, the pink one and the yellow one. I thought they were okay. You know, I mean, obviously they're going to be as good, good as the, as any of the other, uh, Ivan guitars in that price range. Um, I thought they did okay. Uh, I wish they would have done a couple more things to make them look a little more cool, but I understand why they got to reserve it. You know, the magic for the expensive ones, but definitely cool. I saw the guys on that pedal show, put a picture of one, I think on Instagram saying they got one, which is cool. As you guys know, I'm a fan of the guitars. I have two gems. Um, so they're cool. 
definitely for $660, a far cry less than going the full crazy, you know, real deal ones. So um, I will say this, and this is going to seem strange. I think for the Jim Jr., I kind of like the white one better, if that makes any sense, because it looks more authentic. So because, um, you know, these ones don't have the, the, the trapezoids, but they're definitely cool, man. If you need to get it out of your system uh, and, and you want to get a gym, man, that's a great opportunity to get a gym without putting two bills down for one. Um, uh, the question is, Habs247 said, Hey, Phil, you ever tried a Tom Anderson flamethrower bridge pickup? I haven't. Opinions. Playing glam metal, satch, death metal, and hard rock. No, I haven't tried that. And I'm a friend, uh, not friend, I'm a fan of Tom Anderson's uh, pickups. You know, um, the, the, the big slug pickups and stuff. Uh, I've always liked them. All right. Ben says, hey, Phil, I'll trade you an Ibanez June Jr. in white for that Les Paul behind you. If not, give me give me your opinion on the uh, gem. Yeah, I, oh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to trade. But <laughs> I have two gems, and I understand, you know, but I have two gems. Um, oh, here's a good question. John says, hey, Phil, you ever screwed up one of your own uh, beloved uh, personal guitars while attempting a mod? Please share the misery can love company. Um, I haven't done that. I will tell you this. I I've, I had a saying, and I say it all the time. I used to say it to the to the guys at the shop. Uh, I still do. Um, you break one truss rod, and that's all it ever takes to do. If you ever break a truss rod, I've broken one truss rod, and it was on a base uh, that I had. I bought a Washburn prototype made in the USA dual whammy base. It had dual whammy bars. In other words, the two low strings had a tremolo that bent just those two strings and it was something they made for the NAMM show. And I bought it off eBay when eBay started. This is years and years ago. This is right when eBay started. And um, the neck was kind of really bowed. So I went to tighten the truss rod and without even turning much, the truss rod, uh, the top of the truss rod cracked off. And um, so that kind of sucked. Uh, so I learned how to delaminate a fretboard and put in a new truss rod. Um, so yeah, that's about it though, but that's pretty bad. The good news is that taught me about how, how, when you're turning truss rods, how they're going to break. Um, because I was really shocked that it broke so easy. Now knowing more about truss rods, I know it's really hard to do that. What I did. Um, and it was because somebody had wrenched it down already so much and I should have, should have looked. So, but again, it was gosh, long, long, long time ago. Um, Inkafish23 did a super chat. Thank you, Inkafish. She says, uh, your small Black Star amp in the Nam Hotel Instagram video. Is a review of that amp possible? Thanks for your hard work. Everyone, please. I think I did. Don't I have a review of that amp? It's right here. I don't know if you can see it behind me. Let me see what you guys can see. Sorry, I'm not looking at the... Oh, it's off screen. But I, I have it right here. Um, if I don't have a review, of it, I will. But I'm pretty sure there's. A, I have a review of that. Uh, it's the, the Black Star... Um, 60 it's also in my sam ash video but i actually did a review of it so i have uh and when i do the uh timestamp of this i will make sure to do that okay sorry i might lost my screen for a second uh to make sure i'll include their link for the review so yeah see mark says i he remembers me reviewing the app i'm pretty sure i did i'll put it in the link when we do when i do the timestamp yeah, Jerry Breck says, always loose in a truss rod first. Yeah, I mean, I did all that. Uh, this this was a totally different thing. So you know, this truss rod was was not very good. <laughs> it was a bad it was a bad situation. I I had walked into a problem. I just didn't know had enough experience at that time to know I did. So, 
Steve did a flu. Steve did a super chat. It says, "Hey, here's some bucks. Get some uh, flu meds." I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to get the flu shot next year. So, I um, I uh, I, I never get the flu shot, and I. But this year, man, I'm going to do it next year if that's what if it gives me a chance not to have this go through this again. Um, nice guy. Eddie says, Phil, are orange drop capacitors really that much of an upgrade? Aren't they all made in China? I don't know if it's an upgrade. Um, to me, it's, it's not an upgrade. It's a change. It's a smooths out the, to me, the, uh, the tone control on a guitar. A lot of times when you turn it back, it just gets so muffly. And what I've learned with the orange drop ones is that when you drop them in it, they're mellower. The taper goes off. Now there's a lot of ways to get that effect, but I, you know, a lot of times when I make videos, I don't make them in the idea like, Hey, here's 12, 20 things you can do. And you're going to make this great. I'm looking for the one simple thing. Somebody with a soldering iron and no experience can try. Um, the, there's no reason to make these, you know, in depth videos at this point. So, um, if, you know, if somebody can get away with getting a little improvement with a little bit, um, John says the whole capacitor stuff is a huge scam. Yeah, I've heard that too. There's all kinds, you know, the thing about that stuff is here's what I've learned about all that stuff for me. Um, you kind of got to go at your own pace. You got to figure it out for yourself, right? Cheap stuff sometimes sounds good. Expensive stuff sounds bad, but so a piece of cheap gear sounding good is not proof. All cheap gear is good. And a piece of expensive gear, not sounding uh, good is not proof that all sound uh, expensive gear sound bad. So, I, I'm not a big fan of big brush strokes. In other words, you know, the whole, this is how it is. Um, and not because of any other reason than I've just found little nuances where it just happens. So that's why I love this new platform where everybody's just kind of sharing their experiences. You get to try this stuff without putting your money into it. Sometimes it's nice to watch somebody do a three minute video before you rip something apart and do it. So, um, Yeah, Jared's saying, hey, Phil, do you play acoustic? I remember some of your earlier vids uh, you did. I do. I play acoustic a lot. Uh, I do. I have a couple of Breedloves, a couple of Fenders, uh, a Guild. I just bought a new acoustic. It's on its way. Um, acoustic electric. Um, and I'll share that with you when I get it. I'm a little nervous to talk about it right now because, um, you know, if I don't like it, you know, it's going to be, it's going to suck. Um, Panzer come 202, 2002, like the movie 2002. Yeah, I did a super chat. Thanks, buddy. Says, hey, Phil, love your videos. Decided to finally pick up a guitar and try to learn in my old age. And I find your videos very helpful for gear standpoint. Thanks, man. That's awesome. You know, that's those those things at the at the core of it. All y'all I'm trying to do is entertain you guys all for five minutes at a time. Make you maybe chuckle, make you maybe scratch your head and try something. Um, and if it gets you to pick up the guitar and play, that's even better. So no one would ever hurt my feelings. Say I watch one of your videos and then I play guitar and never watch anymore. Cause I was busy playing guitar. That would feel just as good. I promise. Um, okay. Here's a long question. I'm going to give it a shot. Let's see what it says. It says Phil, I'm considering purchase a pre 2016 Fender American telly. Okay. Thoughts on the deluxe or the standard. I'm considering purchase of the pre 2000 uh, American telly thoughts on, Oh, you just typed it twice. Um, the deluxe. Okay. So the deluxe is just going to have the noiseless pickups. It's going to have the compound radius, which is nice. I think it's like nine and a half to 12. It might be nine and a half to 14. That gives you features. What I'll tell you is what I've said a million times when it comes to deluxe and standard, especially those two models. Standard is going to get you a strat or telly that feels kind of like a strat or telly. Deluxe is going to give you something that feels more refined and finished. And, 
to me, a deluxe Stratortelli is like, it's a truck, but it has really nice features that makes it feel and drive better than a truck. So if you like the way a Tele looks, but want a Tele to sound a little bigger, uh, be a little bit, have some more feature sets, the deluxe is the way to go. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. I like them both. See, Jared saying, hey, go for the American Pro. The frets are awesome on the guitar. I do like the American Pro. I having, okay, there's a standard behind me. I have a Pro in the other room. I have, I have, there's, I love it. I love them both for different reasons. Um, I think the Pro feels better built to me. Like the neck feels like they refine the process a little bit, but I do like the smaller neck on the standard a little bit sometimes. So not to the detriment to where I was like, I can't play the Pro. I still have the Pro series. Although I can tell you right now, you can find a standard and deluxe. Well, think of this. You can buy a deluxe used telly cheaper than you can find a pro telly new for. So that's always nice. Uh, I'm going to say Burks EDU did a super chat. Sharing some love. Thanks for your content, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for the super chat. And and, uh, and let's uh, thank you for, for, for everything. Um, trying to read and talk at the same time. Maybe I should... Uh, so John's saying, hey, Phil, I bought a guild from your, uh, from you. He bought it from me years ago in the store, in, in the Chandler store. And my buddies asked uh, how it sounds better than a $1,500 guitar. I love it. Keep up the good work. Man, remember those guilds were just so great, John. They um, guild for a short time when they were owned by Fender. They were building those guitars in Mexico, and then they had a series in China, and both were just really fantastic instruments. Um, you know, Fender was really at that time, they were really just trying to get market share. They were just trying to build a, a high-end acoustic. And uh, I think they gave you more than what the dollars kind of showed to, to gain ground, right? And I know that because they gave the dealers more margin than you normally get too, right? So they were just really doing whatever they can. They're like, hey, I know, you know, if they went to a dealer, like, hey, if you're selling Martins and Taylors, if you're selling Alvarez's, you know, if you're selling Takamini's, here's a guitar, you know, and it's a better warranty and it's a little bit more profit and it's a little bit more for what the competitor has for the same price. Uh, and you know, and then all that died when Fender went to really focusing back on the Fender brand again. And that's what's happening right now. They're really just focused on the Fender brand. Um, and I don't fault either strategy. Both are really good. In fact, in today's climate, I think Fender, if they didn't do what they did, they'd be looking at worse problems. You know what I mean? They'd, they'd, I think paying attention to what you do and make sure you do it right in a climate now where it's so competitive and there's so many products popping up every minute. I think that was the smartest thing Fender could do. But I am sad to see those guilds go that way. I heard the new guilds are good, though, though I haven't tried them. Uh, Michael Keaton says, Chapman Fund uh, are just support. Just go do what you're doing. Yeah, uh, the Chapman will be the next guitar I get. So, you know, the... And somebody sent me a message. Thank you that uh, that uh, the, the, they got a brand new Chapman's uh, in. Yeah, somebody saying what's up with the Chapman. I, I just procrastinated because they were out of stock after Christmas, and then, like I said, flu and everything else. That'll be like I said, the next guitar I get is a Chapman. Oh, you know what? Here's something cool. Lear uh, Lear Guitar said, "Ever been to Mexico?" I have. It says Phil in my in my. State, there's a little no little town known for building guitars. Um, I don't want to even butcher the name, so I'm going to spell it P A P A R A C H O Paracho Paracho. God, I'm so horrible. This is sorry. It's called. Ever heard of it? I have not heard of it, but I'll put it in the in the uh, the index, and maybe I can Google it and see what's going on. 
Okay. Oh, here's a good one from John. John's saying, hey, Phil, my local mom and pop shop sells GNLs. Tired of the import. Oh, I tried the import models and then picked up the $999 made in USA and made in USA and fell in love with it. Yeah, they're good guitars. I played some at the NAMM show too. I put my hands on them. Uh, I think they got, I got the impression they want me to review some. So I'm hoping they're going to send me a couple to check out. That would be nice. Definitely plan to go to their factory. Um, I know. Yeah, see, somebody asked me, did I visit the factory while I was at NAMM? I didn't do the factory at NAMM. The main reason is, is because GNL for the first time in four years went to NAMM. So there wasn't really anybody there at the facility to show me around. So, but that's okay. Cause it kind of works out. I want to hit, uh, a couple factories um, in California, and I'm going to try to do like a three-day sweep, you know, hit one each day. Hey, Phil, do you have a couch guitar? And if so, what is it? A couch guitar is a guitar you keep near the couch when you play in your living room. I do, and currently right now it's a diamond guitar. Uh, it's that two-colored gray-blue diamond. Um, I'm hoping eventually it'll be that Philex uh, Main China uh uh, import guitar that I ordered at uh, NAM that I bought that they emailed me today and said they're shipping. So that'll be it probably. Um, but yeah. And the reason it's the diamond, I like the diamond a lot. It's just happened to be there, but yeah, there's always a guitar by the couch. Just something. The only requirement I have for the guitar is that, you know, I just don't want to find a ding on it and lose my mind. Uh, gas and bullets. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. My, let me turn my phone off. I didn't think about that. Okay. Uh, Gas and Bullet said, disabled veteran with electronics background. Uh, thank you for your service. Starting to build pedals. What pedals What pedals in history would you want? Um, and then he's got an email address, and I am going to copy it, even though they keep it. So I have it. Sorry, uh, Gas and Bullets. I'll make sure I, I keep your email address. Um, what pedals in history would I want? You know what I was just telling Lawrence about? I wish they would make the reissue some of those great Marshall pedals. That Shredmaster, the um, uh, the Shredmaster, the Governor, and the Bluesbreaker. All three fantastic pedals. And there are some clones out there, but I'd like to see more You know, so, so on that circuit. Because they're just really good sounding pedals. Uh, Heather's guitars oh, <laughs> make very good couch instruments. Yeah, so that the Vader could be that. Harry says, my kids would destroy my couch guitar if I had one. Well, <coughs> my kids are very good, but even being very good, um, yeah, I get mystery dings in my instruments all the time for the dogs and, and the kids. And um, so I always keep instruments down there that just won't make me nuts. So um, somebody's asking about the new Mark Tremonti PRS amp. It's, uh, I've already said it. I said something last week. It's really good. Thanks for the question, though. It's really good amp. I'm really excited about it. Um, Bella Chi says, did I miss the Rowan uh, Nano Looper review? Has it not posted? It has not posted. It is done, though. It just hasn't posted up. There is a... Edward did a super chat. Digital, digital band, pedals or software if you're too lazy to go find a band or simply suck at the band. You know what? I, the, the Digitech Trio Plus, Plus is really good for that. And Digitech also has a, uh, a new uh, pedal that lets you... Um, use your guitar like a drum set it's really impressive mm -hmm. uh warren wants to know if i got the B a dsl 20 yet no you're gonna be upset probably but i contacted sweetwater and asked them to change it to the dsl one so that's what they shipped um my logic for that was you know to be honest with you i thought i was gonna get rid of the freeman runt 20 i kind of pictured in my head getting rid of that and getting the dsl 20 and then after a time i started thinking about it uh 
you know, they're basically the same amp, just the DSL 20 has reverb. So I decided to keep the run 20 for now and just get the, the one watt. So if the one watt sparks it enough, maybe I'll go to the 20 watt as well. Oh, here's a good question because it's an oldie but goodie. Somebody want to know how good is the Charvel Desolation guitars? So there, some of those are fantastic, and if they're still low, if they're still low for the price, they're definitely worth getting. Those guitars, uh, you know, new were super, super good for the price. They were kind of Fender's way of putting Charvel out there to kind of maybe uh, attack the uh, uh, Schecter market and LTD market, and they did a great job. Uh, maybe too good, uh, but uh, they eventually pulled the line. Most of them have EMGs, and they sound fantastic. Um, uh, Steven says, do a rocker, uh, so he's talking about the orange, rocker verb 15 EVH LBX2 shootout. Yeah, you know, that, that could be cool, right? I always hear they're kind of the same amp, but it's funny, when I watch videos, they don't sound anything like each other to me. Uh, Eric uh, Gutierrez says, Guitar Center employee told me the Blackstar amps are made by Marshall. Um, that is not, not correct, but I can probably ascertain where that confusion came from. The rumor has always been that two or three people from Marshall left and started Blackstar. Um, that is the rumor. What I know is there is one person for sure who left uh, Marshall and is part of the Blackstar team. So, uh, And I've heard that there's a second person as well. Um, so yes, it's it's basically it's supposed to be some of the people that were in management at Marshall who left Marshall and started Blackstar, and to, to to some degree that is correct. So, but that's what it is. But that's where the Marshall would be in place. They're Marshall employees or ex employees. Um. So that's the Marshall to uh, Blackstar connection. So. Okay. Oh, um, Unchained Maple 888 says, Hey, Phil, do you think Fishman will ever make a single coil size fluent humbucker? No, but that's a great idea. I mean, that's a really great idea. That's something that literally if they came out with it right now, that's something I'd probably really interested in trying to put in one of my strats. So I hope they do that. Uh, Shogun Gecko says, Hey, Phil, do super chat. Thank you, Shogun. I appreciate that. Kogan. Uh, hey, Phil, I'm changing out the electronics in my uh, junior. In my junior, I'm putting in a PX100, and I don't know I should use... Uh, okay, so the PX100, I don't know if I should use 250K, 500K, or 25, 500-push-pulls. Um, so I'm a little lost in the question. So, you know, it says in my junior. So I think in Jim Jr., so is it... And it's... And it's so I'm going to guess based on this question, you're talking about a guitar that probably has a humbucker, single humbucker, and you're trying to figure out if you should go 500K or 250K. Uh, I, I personally would pick 500K. So the uh, that's in that in that guitar. You can do the 250K, 500 push pulls, you know, right? And where you can assign the 250K to that single coil and the 500 to the, to the uh, humbuckers. But I don't think you should over, you know, overthink this whole process. I would stick 500Ks. You'll be happy with them. Okay. Um, Dan Trope says, Hey Dan, how's it going, man? He's a long time, long time viewer and supporter. Thanks. 
Uh, I know it's uh, I know it's soon, but would you go to another Nam or is it the same old same old? Uh, you get burned out. Um, you know, I'm trying to. It's not that Nam you know gets burned out. It's that I was a little you know bummed with Nam because I started want started thinking of Nam as like I want to do videos and it's just really loud and it's hard to make videos there. But uh, but uh this year i you know i did the how do you say and i want to go to nam more because i want to try to find content videos that i can't make anywhere else that video i there's no way i could have asked 20 30 companies how they officially say their name i know it's a silly kind of video at, at heart but at least it answers a question you know how does a company pronounce their name so uh, i love i want to use the nam as a platform to do videos that can't be done anywhere else plus you get to see new gear which is always nice um a lot of people ask me if I've, uh, Hans is asking me, did I order the Kiesel? I haven't ordered it yet. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's an old video or a new video. So, uh, uh gringo pig, <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> uh so anyways uh gringo pigs uh said uh thoughts on the guitarologist gibson doomed video um and i think i did uh response to that right when he said gibson's doomed i don't know was i i think that means the guitar center's doomed i don't know if gibson's doomed uh well you know like i said i don't know i don't know about the video so i don't know i'll have to check it out the Oh, here's a great question. Roy wants to know, roller nuts, are they a good idea or are they a tone and sustain killer? You know, I don't think they would kill sustain. I don't know how that would work. I think sustain is is basically anything that stops the string from, from spinning, right? And usually harder material or harder, harder materials not only allow you to transfer that vibration, I just don't know how that would kill a, a guitar sustain. Um, and so I, I'll go, I'll go to defer to this. I've installed a bunch of roller nuts and I've never noticed that as a, as an immediate, like, wow, psychologically, you always think the guitar is slightly bright, brighter because it's got a hard metal nut on it now, but I, I don't know if that's true. You know, placebos are something like people talk about how silly it is and how you got to watch that. But the truth is you, you can't, you can't stop it from happening. Even doing repairs, you, you do a repair and sometimes the, it, the result is something you think it's going to do and something it sometimes is not, but you know Ben says talked about Gibson on my show last night hello yeah you know what I, only thing I can tell you about Gibson is I was on Sweetwater looking at the new new Gibsons and they're they're man they're really expensive it's really tough it's getting hard to stay in this game buy gear and have fun you know I mean they were expensive before. Just everything's getting pricey. Um, Earl says, oh, he says he's, they're going to probably file bankruptcy. Well, you know, like I said, that reorganization, that'd be a good way to save the company so they don't have to sell it. It is assuming that if they don't go into bankruptcy and somebody doesn't scoop it up, but who knows? I've said the same thing about Guitar Center. They can go into reorganization, file bankruptcy and re or reorganize. And maybe, maybe that's a good thing for them. I don't know. You know, everybody has different opinions emotionally about it, but in the business world, it's, you know, they got, they got to do what they got to do to survive. 
So, but interesting. Maybe I'll check out, I'll check out the video and see see what his thoughts are. The okay. Oh, Bud's got a great question, Bud. It says, please do a video on how to build a rig over time, like $1,000 a year for five years. What would you purchase? That's a good idea. That kind of falls in suit of something I do already. I kind of have a budget every year of what I want to spend on gear, and then my wife's okay with that, and I kind of just do my thing. And uh, I don't to get carried away with it. You know what I mean? All right. Um Oh, here's another good question. Jen Guy says, Phil, why do some brands do ripoffs of a Les Paul and charge more than the cost of a Gibson Les Paul? Like my Maybach guitars. Um, well, prices, you know, is always going to be dictated by whatever they can get. You know, the new Sur, <coughs> excuse me, the new Sur guitars that look like Les Pauls are eight grand a piece. You know, even Gibson's top guitars have trouble fetching their price. So they did a hundred of them, I think, for 8,000 bucks a piece. And I think they're all sold out. So, I mean, obviously, and I'm pretty sure I heard they're sold out. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, there's there's always going to be that. You know what I mean? There's always going to be like a, a Sir, you know, makes a kind of a Fender guitar and it's double the price. Okay. Um. Gabriel wants to know if I ever tried the Carbon Kiesel Holdsworth model, Holdsworth model. I have not. I have not tried a whole lot of Kiesel guitars. This year, I picked up a few at the booth. You know, I just haven't had a chance. Like you guys, they're mostly, um, they're they're mostly, you know, in California. They're at their factory. There's no place to go demo them locally or anywhere to check them out. So, okay. Yeah, Cheddar Kung Pao saying the first year R is already sold out. I am pretty sure when we did the How You Say Sir video, when we were talking to Kevin, those guys, that was on Friday at the NAMM show, I think. And he said they were sold out then. And I thought somebody told me on Thursday they were sold out. So, I mean, it happened fast. Um. Ooh, Thomas Kirby's got a great question. It says, Phil, what's the one thing you'd recommend a player to to do to learn how to play better lead? Do you think uh, of the online tools are worthwhile? I think so. Um, I tried uh, over Memorial Day. I think that's when it was Memorial Day. They uh, Tyler Larson from Music Win had a sale, and I bought one of his videos for 10 bucks. you know, one of his courses, and I did it that day. Uh, and the only reason I mentioned that was because another YouTuber asked me, they go, because uh, I, I showed a thing on my Instagram. They said, well, did you do that to help promote his stuff? And I said, no, it was on sale. Ten I thought 10 bucks. I got to learn something for 10 bucks. And I did. I learned this really interesting thing about the the like the like pentatonic scale that I didn't that I didn't know before uh, in that pattern he was doing. Just a way of thinking of it. I didn't think of it before. So there's always something to learn from those kind of those things, especially, you know, when they're affordable um, or even better free. Sometimes that's always nice too. Um, so what I recommend you play really the best way I think to improve lead for the most part, which is, uh, is the way I, you try to improve anything on guitar, find somebody, a player that you really aspire to be like, and, um, try to mimic what they're doing. So, 
Okay. All right. Uh, next question. How are we doing on time? Oh, yeah, we're doing good on time. There's 825 of us. Thank you guys, man, for hanging out. I'm trying not to miss any good questions. You guys have so many good questions, and I'm trying to get to them all. Um, all right. Oh, Paul Leach says, Paul Gilbert's lessons are great for learning lead. I think Paul Gilbert's a great guitar teacher, isn't it? An interesting thing, I, I don't think all great guitar players are great te good, good teachers. You know, Yngwie Malmsteen, I remember, uh, was it REH videos? Was that it? Somebody's got, you know, somebody's got to remember out though. Remember the videos you bought at the end of the Guitar World magazines? And you put a, you had to mail the, the money order in an envelope, send it to them, and then they'd mail you this VHS tape. God, I feel like I'm 500 years old. Anyways, uh, and I thought I paid 50 bucks for those videos. And I remember the Yngwie one was just, I just did, I didn't understand what he was saying. I was lost, but the Paul Gilbert ones were great. I think Paul Gilbert's a great guitar teacher. And I heard he's teaching now and he's doing a lot of stuff like that. And I, man, somebody's saying, yeah, Yngwie's a, Yngwie's a horrible teacher. Yeah. I, yeah. But I think it's because he doesn't want to, he didn't want to teach. I think they offered him some money to the video and he did it. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, and see Jeff pointed out a good point that Paul Gilbert taught Buckethead. Yeah. Of course. Well, Joseph Cerrone, of course, he taught Steve I stuff, right? And Joseph Cerrone is another one when he's teaching. It's really interesting. Um, and uh, you know what I mean? To see. I think teaching is a temperament that just because you're great at something doesn't mean you have the, the temperament to teach it. Um, some of the smartest people I know are just not built to teach. They just, they're not, they don't have a temperament for it. So, yeah. Mark wants to know, should I upgrade the electronics in my PRS SE custom uh, or leave it alone? Uh, the electronics in that guitar are okay. There's not a whole lot you're going to do to improve it. So I leave it alone. If you're talking about the pickups, I mean, maybe the pickup swap. But no, I wouldn't. It, it's not cheap enough electronics that if you pulled out the potentiometers and the switch and the input jack and you put in new stuff, you'd go, wow, I'm going to notice a difference. So I just wait for the stuff to start wearing out. I just want to say this question because I want it on the timestamp. Aaron, Aaron KM says, uh, what opinion, what is your opinion of string joy strings? I've never heard of them. So now I'll know string joy strings to check them out. Okay. Yeah, uh, Blurillas Blur says, what happened to BC Rich? Lost longtime endorsers, Pat O'Brien to Jackson, Terrence Hobbs to Legator. Um, Legator. Uh, apparently only have Kerry King left, and he has drastically reduced his catalog. Yeah, I think BC Rich is just another company riddled with tons of mistakes over the years. So they're just trying to stick around. Um, let's be honest, man. The metal is not really a, a genre the kids are really pushing. And if they are pushing metal, it's sure not that kind of metal. You know what I mean? It's eight strings and it's gent and it's all this other stuff. So the BC Rich stuff is just, it's really dated and it's not dated in a good way where it's vintage. So the great thing about this stuff is things come back though. So, you know, in a year we could be talking about, wow, remember BC Rich is everywhere. It is possible. I don't think it's likely. But it's possible.
Um, okay. Oh, here's a good question. Do you prefer Morley style wall or crybaby wall? I play a Morley. I like the way it works. I use the Maverick, which is the mini, and I have the bad horsey, but I use the Maverick. I like the way the Dunlops sound better. I like the traditional crybaby sound better. But I love using the Morley because I, I like the Morley because, you know, you start using it and you get in and out really quickly. Um, but I have both, but I generally use the Morley. Or if I use a wall, I use the mini wall because I'm not using a whole lot of it. But I prefer the Morley. Phil Smith says, the 80s are coming back. Get ready for spandex and glam rock. Oh, man, I need like Dexatrim and something else. 80s glam rock, spandex, rock. It's coming. Yeah. yeah, that's. And that's that's kind of funny, you know, that when Phil says that, you know, it, it, I know he's being funny. You, you're funny because you think about that going, yeah, that's what probably killed Bees Rich. But then you go, well, there's other 80s companies that are doing fine. <clears throat> obviously Jackson's still around. So, I mean, it, you know, so I mean, eighties guitars are fine. So it's just, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, micro dolo said beast rich. Sure. It is Joe Perry's, uh, uh, the bitch model, the B I C H model, uh, is beautiful. Yeah. You know, you wonder like, why doesn't beast rich bring back the late seventies, you know, kind of cool old beast rich stuff. Why does it all have to be the, this you know goth metal stuff i don't know but I, I i don't know i'm not the right market for it there's not a whole lot of stuff i beast rich could do to make me want to buy them so and then uh, somebody said something else about beast rich i just wanted to see if it was in it jumped it jumped real quick oh uh msg flavor MSG Flavor says, Phil, when using MicroMesh to polish frets, which ones do you use? I use all nine sheets. I think there's nine sheets, right? Starts at like 1,500, ends at 12,000. Um, but if I'm polishing, I start at about 8,000. So 8,000 is a good gray if you just want to grab and just do polish. That's it. So I hope that helps. But I use I go all nine steps. I do it nine steps, start from finish. But if you're talking about when I just want to just polish one fret really quickly, 8,000 is a good grit. Bruce Garris says, uh, uh, sure, a uh, sir strat or the new PRS John Mayer strat. Did, I saw the flack that John, they got the, over the John Mayer strat. Um, here's the trick on that. <coughs> the PRS John Mayer strat. I'm sorry, guys, I'm coughing. So the PRS John Mayer strat is going to probably stick her for $2,500. That's what I'm guessing. Um, I, they haven't given official information, but I'm guessing, right? Um, that would make sense because you figure if the, if the, uh, PRS, uh, CE 24 is $1,900, you know, you need $500 more for being John Mayer. It could be two grand. I don't know. And that's going to be the magic number for sir. Right? So if it's two grand that puts it right in competition, well, no, think of this. I think the new sirs are 2199. So 2200 bucks for a sir classic. So the John Mayer strat $2,200 could be equal to the classic. At 25, it's more than classic. So if you're asking me which one would I pick, I would pick the classic Sir Strat over the John Mayer Strat and say 300 bucks if they're the same price. I don't know. But it's hard to say that because I haven't touched a John Mayer Strat. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. Like, I don't know. It could be the most amazing Strat-like guitar I've ever played or could play it and go, well, this feels like what, you know, a PRS shape like a Strat. I don't know what to anticipate. But my gut says 
Probably the Sir if I was picking one. Lance Phillip to Super Chat. I have a rare 1970 Ibanez Koa Wood Iceman. That is something I've never seen, a Koa Wood Iceman. 250 made. What I need to have restored, sharpened. How do you enter into the Sharpen My X contest? Uh, if not, who do you recommend uh, for minor restoration? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, and that'd be a good guitar too. So the, the deal with the Sharpen My Axe thing is, um, as you guys know, Stu Mac has, has said, hey, whatever they can do to help the Sharpen Max, and that extended out some really great ideas um, to do stuff like restoring. That's what the Sharpens are going to do. They're going to, we're going to take it up a notch. Um, maybe, you know, if you got dad's old harmony acoustic, that's just not worth you know, rebuilding from scratch. Maybe that's something we could do as a video because it'll be interesting, right? So that being said, um, how do you enter? Uh, you just send an email to the ask, uh, know your gear, uh, at gmail.com and put in the subject, sharpen my ax and then send it to me and just send exactly what you sent me that this is the guitar you want. I don't get to make the decision. What's going to happen is it looks like there's going to be three uh, or force uh, of the patrons that uh, uh, volunteer to do it, and they, as a committee, will pick them. Um, and that way, you know, it'll make sense. You can see my dog in the background. Uh, he's, she's coming in and say hi. So that's how you do that. And thank you for the super chat. And like I said, I'm really interested on the guitar. That would be a fun one. I think that's the whole plan is we're going to try to find interesting guitars, interesting things to do, and see if we can kind of, um, kind of do things that, you know, things that just wouldn't be feasible for people to do. For instance, um, hold on a second. The dog wanted in, so. The dog came in because the dog wanted in the office. So the dog was here. Okay, uh, so my, my answer is, uh, yeah, we want to do some stuff that, uh, you know, would it make sense for you to put $1,000 into a $300 guitar just because it has sentimental value? No, but could we do something like that to show people what you could possibly do? It's possible. So, uh, we tune to C. All right. So obviously like drop C, I think are playing in C. Uh, Hey Phil, what do you think of the Gibson's new four and a half thousand dollar Jackson Roswell Rhodes ripoff? I didn't know they were $4,500, man. It's crazy. I don't know. I wonder what the Roswell roads are going for then. You know, the, the old Jackson's are probably going for crazy. Um, uh, what do I think of them? I, I think exactly what a lot of people thought. I, th I think they look like copies of the Jackson Roswell. I wasn't too excited about them. And um, given, you know, $4,500, it's out of my price budget. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Sean Marr says, hey, Phil, what did you think of the Fender Strat American Vintage Series guitars, 56, 59, and 65? Um, I liked them. I'm more partial to the 65. I think everybody always grabs the 56, 59 Strats because they like the thicker neck and those pickups. I'm more of the 65, which is a slightly thinner neck and a uh, kind of warmer, fatter, you know, more modernized pickup. But loved them all, but 65, if I was going to get one, that's what I was kind of digging. Okay, and... Uh, Scott Evers says, Hey Phil, have you ever played a Stratortelli made of mahogany with humbuckers? Would the tone be anything like that of a Gibson SG or Les Paul? You know, what's funny is I have, I've played, uh, a Strat with humbuckers and the body made of mahogany and 
It sounded like a slightly warmer strat. It's funny how strats, just no matter what you do, can't shake a strat vibe or tone. They just never get thick enough. So, um, you know, here's a good example. Pete Thorne's uh, Sir Guitar, uh, which is a mahogany body with maple cap and a mahogany neck, two humbuckers. And even though it's just kind of shaped, you know, kind of strat-esque, there's something just, it doesn't sound like Gibson, Les Paul. Now, there's scale in play. Obviously, his scale is longer, and there's bolt-on. There's all those factors in, too. But I'm just giving you the, the, the simplest idea, which is it still had a kind of more of a strat kind of vibe to it. So... Um, Oh, Jared says, hey, did, the guitar rocks. Did you see the ocean blue? I did. God, that color was awesome. Um, Jerry says, hey, Phil, why do we never hear you play or speak of the iconic Gibson Explorer? I don't own one. And if I got an Explorer, I was looking. If I was getting an Explorer, I'd probably get the Epiphone right now. Since it's in my budget, I like it. Hey Phil, what would be what would it be all right if you plugged my self-produced album? Oh, okay, uh, Cosmonaut by Alizar. I'm not a master shredder, but I hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Yeah, I'll plug it. Why not? So it's Cosmonaut by Alizar. Do you have a? Send me a link or something, man. Something I can try to link it when I do the index. Why not? We're all musicians here. Um, okay, hold on a second. Trying to grab a couple more before we go. Sour went by fast. Oh, man, that's a good question because it's our like it already like hurts just thinking about how I'm gonna answer it. Question is, uh, hey Phil, what's the cheapest guitar you've ever played and liked it enough to keep it? Hmm. You know what? The I'll, I'll be honest. The my favorite. It's not ch cheap. You know, cheap is a relative thing, right? So some people are going to consider you know five hundred dollars being expensive. Some are going to be a hundred dollars inexpensive. To me, the Dane Electro Fifty Nine behind me in the red. Uh, that guitar is three hundred ninety nine dollars. That guitar is one of my favorite guitars at three hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, I like it as much as any of my guitars that are two grand. So I like the guitar a lot. It's just got a cool vibe. It's its own thing. I really like the guitar. It's not really what you're probably asking. I know what you're trying to get at is like, you know, is there like a hundred or two hundred dollar guitar I love? Um, I have a Squire Bullet. I, I like it. I keep it. Uh, and so I, I that would technically, but I'd be remorse if I didn't say that that I really play the the Dane Electro way more than I play that that Squire Bullet. But I do like the Squire Bullet as well. I think sometimes my guitar collection is based on uh, just falling in love with them as I go. And it doesn't have, yeah, it's a Dan Electro reissue. JBL's like, Dan Electro reissue? Yes, it's reissue. It's right behind me, the red one. Um, the uh, the guitar's price, I don't think, really dictates how much you fall in love with it. So, um, next question is, hey, Phil, did you ever get, uh, did you ever buy a Warwick bass when you were in the factory in Germany? I did. And in fact, it's on its way. Uh, you'll see it. It's a special one made for me. Um, it's spec'd exactly like I want. It's pretty unique. Um, and, uh, I'm excited to do the review about it. Okay. 
Uh, Don Freeman says, hey, Phil, do you need to humidify solid body guitars? Um, not always, but it depends. Like if you have a lot of guitars, they suck in a lot of moisture out of the room. You know, yeah, fret sprout happens on electric guitars. They do shrink. You do want to keep it under control. I don't humidify my guitars. I've had no issues. Okay. Oh, so let's, uh, let's rock. Let's rock it. Right. Says he's got an SX, uh, uh, which is a brand by Rondo music. SX liquid at, uh, at Rondo. He paid $139 and he likes as good as his expensive guitars. Well, yeah, the SX guitars really, you know how everybody kind of like loves the Harley Bentons now and the Harley Bentons are the thing. It's like, wow, Harley Bentons before Harley Benton, there was SX. Uh, and there still is SX. They're just affordable. There's always an affordable kind of guitar out there that's just really kind of known for being a little bit more valuable than what it is. Yeah, I can see that happening. I, I think of it this way. I, it's a perfect example. My most expensive guitars, not guitar, but my most expensive guitars are not my favorites. I don't think it always works that way. Sometimes it can, but it doesn't work that way. So... Oh, uh, John's got a great question. It's an observation. All the guitars be be behind me seem to have rosewood nicks. Do you not like ebony or maple? Um, no, I'm not a big fan of ebony and maple. I do have ebony and maple. I have a guitar right here. In fact, the two guitars out of frame immediately in front of me as a maple and ebony fretboard. Uh, I'm looking, but yes, everything else, you're correct. These are all, I'm just double checking. All these are rosewood. The majority of my guitars will be rosewood. I have a few maple neck guitars, uh, fretboards, and I have a few ebony. Uh, I have nothing against maple or ebony. Just I like rosewood necks. So. So. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Yeah, you know, Tony uh, Noon says, hey, I love the look of the new Eric Johnson semi-hollow. I do, too. I didn't catch the price. Anyone know what that thing's going for? By the way, there's almost 900 of us hanging out, so we'll probably go into a bonus round for a few minutes because there's so many so many people on here. I didn't get to see what that thing cost. Is it is it realistic? So, Oh, David's got a message. He's saying, musician's friend has the Jet City 50-watt tube combo for 369 That sounds like a really good deal. So, uh, let's see. Have you ever had a guitar that you hated that you end up in love with? Yeah, that's actually, uh, it's happened uh, a ton of times. I do this thing sometimes. Online is where this comes from. I buy guitars online sometimes and I get them and immediately go, ah, this is horrible. I hate it. And I get just not loving it and I put it away and then slowly over time I play it because you know, I can't resend, I can't send it back. I'm, a lot of times I bought used or, and I got to resell it. And before I sell it, I go, might as well just play it for a while. And then I, I fell in love with it. Um, I can't think of a good example right now of a guitar that I just didn't like, but now I love. Um, but yes, I definitely have that. Oh, the question is, am I going to do the review of the H&K? Yep, it's actually done. Again, it has to upload. There's a bunch of reviews I did. I just didn't, I just didn't put them out. They, I, they're edited. I just need to finish them up.
Ben says, isn't scale length the most important characteristic of guitar tone? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if it's the most important thing uh, to the guitar's tone. I think the most important thing to a guitar's tone is the pickup in the actual guitar. I mean, an amp obviously is the determining factor what it's going to sound like, but because it's replicating everything. But a pickup is probably the most important. You know, that's good. That's an interesting, maybe an interesting video, right? In order, instead of saying things don't matter, do matter, maybe we should just prioritize them in percentages. How do you get to 100% on a guitar, right? So you go, uh, you know, the pickups are worth 20% of the tone, right? And then what's the next thing? The, you know, the wood or maybe the neck, right? That can be an interesting theory. Maybe ask a bunch of musicians what you guys feel. So it would be interesting. So, yes. <laughs> uh, Jerry says, Phil, did you know the fourth largest dealer in PRS sales in the U.S. is a store near me called More Music in Indiana? That's uh, good. I didn't know that. I'm not even sure who the biggest PRS dealer is right now. Um, see, Tim Brown says tone is in your fingers. I think, you know, that's not, not to disagree with you, uh, just to add to the idea. I think technique is in your fingers. And so it your technique does generate tone, but, uh, a, t a tone is, 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 is tough, right? More a bassier sound and a trebler sound is a tone to me. I can't make my fingers make things be br brighter or, or bassier for the most part. Um, you can mimic things with your pick, but see again, you can argue this to, to your to your crazy. The point is not to make yourself crazy. Um, just kind of find what works for you, and then fine tune it. All right. Um, Michael says you're catching up to the Tone King for amp hole. I don't think so, man. I think I own like twelve amps. Yeah, he owns a lot of amps. I own most, mostly small amps, though. If you look. I have a big cabinet and then I have a 212 cabinet, uh, but mostly I just have a bunch of small combos. See? So I'm more into the smaller amps than I am the bigger amps just because they, they, they help, you know, my, my life at home. Okay. Uh, Mike Adams asked if I tried the new Fender Pro Junior. I haven't tried the new one. I've tried the old one. So I was curious as well like with the pine cabinet stuff see how it all so i i don't know i am curious there's a lot of stuff i'm curious about so all right let's see what else do we got before we go yeah somebody's saying skill length is 47 percent. see it'd be interesting right maybe maybe do a poll Hulk Slayer says the pedal shelf is looking awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I, it's uh, it's easier to to use them this way, believe it or not, because I assemble a pedal board when mostly I use pedals when friends come over. We kind of check out pedals and mess with tones and do some recording and have some fun. All right, so okay, so I just want to get a couple ones. This one's easy. Uh, Zulaman 
33 Zulema 3375 says Phil any opinion on plucking a guitar hard to find a luthier in my country um yeah plucking guitars I've had guitars I own I own guitars that are plucked I haven't noticed a huge difference I guess that's the point I plucking I don't think it's a bad idea I think it's a really cool idea um I we asked Sam Ash when he was on the live show and he said the machine that Sam Ash uses even when you pluck it you still have to at the end have to do some hand you know finishing um I think the idea is strong and makes a lot of sense but I've never picked up a guitar that was plucked and went, wow, this is something far different than what I'm used to. You know what I mean? It just feels the same or if not, you know, it doesn't feel like anything special. So I don't know. You know what I mean? And I don't know if it's, uh, maybe it's just, a, like I said, like a lot of machines, it's a skill set corrector. In other words, you know, you don't have to worry about how, like you said, having a good tech around you. So. William uh, William Olson says, "I want to collect Reverend guitars. I don't know why. I just love them. I think they look cool, man. I think they look cool and they sound cool and they play great. Again, there's just no dealers by me to go try guitars, so I'd just be stabbing in the dark. Um. So, all right. On that note, I think we're gonna call it. Um." Yes, the question is, Phil, did I check the original Fender series at NAMM? I did. Um, oh, yeah, Anderson's uh, video mentioned that it's polyurethane. I thought it was nitro, so I could be wrong. I'll double-check that, but I thought it was a full nitro finish. So, all right. That was cool, man. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. You guys were awesome, as always. I hope you guys are having an awesome weekend. Have some videos out coming out uh, this weekend, so look for those as well. Something I didn't mention before you guys all go, I, I kind of feel pretty bad about it with the shirts. Um, well, first, I'd like to point out I'm wearing Cheddar Kung Pao shirt today, which, you know, um, so uh, I got a cool Cheddar Kung Pao shirt. But um, I didn't mention this. I keep forgetting in every show to mention that uh, something we changed with the T-shirts is every month there will be there's always going to be the strat style t-shirt from for for the whole year but every month we are doing a different guitar that's only available that month and this month it's the it's the single cut les paul style so i should mention that if you guys want that style of guitar um and then uh next month i i think it's a telecaster so i'll let you know i'll start announcing those i should announce that you guys have been buying them and stuff i just felt bad i never mentioned it so um so there you go. So each month, uh, hopefully that way, if you're interested in buying a shirt, but you like a certain kind of guitar, you can buy the shirt with your guitar on it and it'll be available that month. All right, guys. I thought I just mentioned that because I keep forgetting to, and somebody keeps pointing it out to me. All right. As always, guys. Uh, yeah. Phil Smith, know your gent. Yes. And as always, guys, uh, thank you for your time and know your gent.